Hello, everyone, and welcome to the PPC Show brought to you by AdSage. It has been a while. I am Paul Wicker. And I'm J.D. Prater. And it's it's actually December 17th, about three months since our, since our last episode. And we're bringing you the 2019 wins and fails instead of the headlines. And then next year, 2020, I'm feeling, I'm feeling headlines again uh, starting in January. So... This should this should hold you over until then. Are you are you ready for some wins and fails, JD? It's been a while. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you guys can't see Paul, but Paul's hair is a win. He's like really growing <laughs> it out. If you guys remember, I mean, this is earlier in the year we were talking about Bradley Cooper, Jackson Maine from Stars Born, and Paul he grew his hair out. I haven't seen him in a couple of months, and he we get back on the the Zoom video, and it is it is flowing. It is uh, it is pretty long. This, I've never had long hair in my whole life. And then I, I turned the big 4-0 in September. Maybe a reason nice. we paused the podcast. I was just depressed for three months. No, I, I turned 40. And uh, I don't know. I was just like, you know, I still have hair. That's a plus. It's not thinning yet. So I'm going to just grow it out. And now I have no idea what to do with it because I've never had to style long hair. So it just kind of does whatever. And when it gets too crazy, I put a hat on. So... Yeah, well, hey, uh, uh, we have some lady listeners out there. I'm sure they have some products or some ideas for you. See, maybe you should post you know, some photos on Twitter, and maybe they can give you some, some styling advice. Some hair advice? Well, I'm going to ignore that misogynist comment, J.D. Having what? long, luxurious hair is uh, non-gendered. They're <laughs> just saying, because I have long hair, I need to use female products. Gee, this no, is how we're going to start the podcast. They've had, they have long hair. <laughs> most, <laughs> most, most ladies have long hair. There are some guys that I, th- I think the man bun has kind of run its course. Right. I have, I haven't, I'm actually at the length where I could do a man bun. I'm just putting that out there, but definitely long hair is all over the place. Like uh, a lot of guys have long hair now, especially here in, in the Bay area. Very popular. Guys and ladies with long hair. Uh, let me let me correct myself in real time. If you have styling advice for Paul, please tweet us. Let us know. And if not, I will start another podcast on hairstyling tips for long hair from someone who's never done it before. <laughs> um, and what about you? Since we're doing personal wins and fails, apparently my hair oh, is, yeah. is a win. Yeah. You have any personal wins and fails from 2019? Oh man, personal. Um, let's see. I'd say personal win. Moving to Santa Cruz, leaving Oakland. That was definitely a win. Uh, when learning how to surf, even though now it's really cold. Um, yeah, do you surf f- now? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't been out in like two weeks, but uh, I got out there pretty good. I got out there on some like double overhead days. Whoa. How about that, how about that term? Yeah. And uh, I got I got crushed pretty good, <laughs> but it was fun. And then I'd say fail is I haven't been on the bike in like four months. Which, for those that know me as a cyclist, it's it's been a while. Yeah, you were a, a award-winning, competitive, uh, don't tell me, cyclocross yeah. person. There you go. Yeah. So, so you went from, like, number two in the West or something like that <laughs> to now you don't even get on a bike. Well, is it the off-season or are you just you're doing more surfing than riding? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, this is actually the, the prime season. Like, this weekend was the national championships, and um, I just watched them from my couch. So <laughs> was not participating, but, uh, you know, it's different now with a kid, kid, definitely a win, but we've been doing a lot of traveling. We went back home for a week over Thanksgiving, came back, Meg's family visited, and then we all went to Disneyland and now we're, I'm like still recovering from all of that. Yikes. Yikes. All oh, right. So did you have a kid this year? Cause that was supposed to be your win. 
Yeah, I threw it in a little bit. Check out this. Yeah, good thing you threw that in. And now you're showing me the Chewbacca doll you got at Disneyland. That's right. That's right. For all the parents who are, you know, in their 40s, it must be very nice that Disney bought Star Wars. So now there's a bunch of Star Wars stuff in Disney. You have to go just watch, you know, Mickey Mouse for two days. Star Wars Land. Uh, I mean, the best that they have ever built. It's amazing. It's huge, which is also really nice. Uh, You know, because some of those other lands are so tight. But Disney, like Star Wars Land is really big. It's easy to get around. The food is better. And I would just say go hang out there. That, that's pretty much what I did. Jude would take naps in the stroller, and I would just sit there for two hours and people watch. So it kind of nice. worked out. Okay. Parenting tips. This podcast brings you everything. Uh, so let's talk about some marketing stuff. So 2019, a lot happened. Um, a lot, yeah. In terms of wins and fails. <clears throat> Yeah, I got a couple here. Uh, I'm going to say that 2019 was a really good year for the other channels and a positioning away from social media. Hmm. So, yeah, think about that. Let it kind of sink in. So, of course, Google and Facebook absolutely dominated ad spend. But I think what we saw was a cool thing. So we saw Pinterest. They went an IPO. Stock is down, but... Uh, they have really positioned themselves as like not social media, which I think is, uh, again, very interesting. It's all about being very personal. We saw Snapchat make an absolute comeback. I mean, growth is up, stock is up, and they're not social media, Paul. They are a photo app. They're right. a photo and video app. Don't forget it. They're a camera Twitter, company. Camera company. Twitter is a news app. They're not social media, right? They're a news app. And again, stock is kind of all over the place, depending on what Trump is tweeting, it seems like. Uh, Reddit, growing still, but their community, their community marketing. And then we saw Quora continue to grow as well. Knowledge, so it's a knowledge platform. So we saw other types of platforms we're seeing users seem to like really, in my opinion, uh, from the conferences I went to and what I, what I heard was a lot of fatigue over social media. Now they're not leaving social media, I mean, obviously. But uh, we saw some some very interesting trends of this positioning away from social media and the other channels are kind of rising with uh, some ad spend, I saw. Yeah, it is interesting when you phrase all these other uh, technology companies as not social media, but more like what are they for? And actually, Twitter does position themselves as like the news. I think even I was in the Twitter building just uh, last week and their whole vibe is, you know, this is where news happens. You know, this is news. Like Twitter is all about like real time news. Um, so it is interesting that they don't think of themselves as a social network. It's really a news app. So that's interesting. And I guess if on the, in the flip side, you think Facebook was the social network, like literally connecting you with people you knew to create a network of your social connections. And then it became this category for like, anything that wasn't search we're just like oh you're either search or social <laughs> so yeah, i know true like with pinterest talking to the folks over there i'd always be like oh, i don't know where to put you in like the search bucket because pinterest is like a search driven experience core is the same way right you go there and you ask a question it really is very searchy but then there's all these comments and it's user generated uh like information that we f- which feels social but i think there's now just a so- social element to all these different apps you could have a news app with a social element and then, of course, now we question how good is that social element because, you know, in some cases like Twitter or Facebook, it can get quite toxic and cause a bunch of negative things to happen. But, um, but yeah, that's 
That's so the win is for the non Facebook and Google from a usage standpoint. And then of course Facebook and Google still just make billions of dollars. Yeah. More than everybody yeah. else. So Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, they make so much money, but I think we saw I think it's just like we saw the uh, advertisers, marketers, you know, spending on different channels. I mean, so we had been talking about diversifying ad budget. I mean, that's just a good, you know, just strategy, even in portfolio when you think about investing. But uh, I think it actually kind of is starting to ring true when you look at all of these quarterly numbers with showing usage is up and revenues up. So uh, people are diversifying. Well, I, I do notice you're missing someone from your list. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think I forgot Link. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, LinkedIn. You I, put them I, on I, there. I forgot LinkedIn. <laughs> right. Uh, what, do you, what do you call them? A resume app? A, a job sharing app? Uh, I, I call them business Facebook. Right, but they they're, <laughs> they're primary. <laughs> what do people actually use LinkedIn for? I, you know, I, I check, fa- I just check it like once a day. I, I, I find myself using it less and that's mostly because of the user experience. I don't know. I mean, feel free to like people out there, correct me if I'm wrong, but I just see a lot of like salespeople trying to be thought leadership or trying to be inspirational. And I'm like, I'm over this. And then I get these notifs that it's like someone's birthday that I don't really care about. Or I get a notif from like someone that wants to be uh, my friend or connect on LinkedIn. And I'm like, I don't even know who you are. Like why you're just going right. to sell me something. So like my user experience has actually gotten worse, even though I know, I mean, according to them, the engagement's up and revenue's up. Right. Uh, don't get me wrong. Their ads platform is amazing. But um, yeah. You know. Are you calling them notifs with an F, like short for notification? Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's uh, that's what we call them internally. Sorry. Notifs. <laughs> I thought it was like a millennial term I didn't know. Like, you know, yeah, you notifications. lazy yeah, and notice. short and things. Notifs. Nice. I, I totally uh, have those same vibes on LinkedIn. There's a few people I'm thinking of specifically on there that have, you know, <laughs> left their day job to start coaching people on how to become successful in life and... I was like, you weren't even a good sales rep, <laughs> but you know, now you're transitioning to teach everyone how to how to be great. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of that stuff. Um, well, so it is funny though. At the core, I think people went to LinkedIn because it's your resume, and you got to keep your yeah. resume up to date. And if you're trying yeah. to find a job or creep on someone you're trying to hire, it felt like okay, it's very good for that. And then they slapped a newsfeed on it. And try to copy a lot of the stuff that people do on Facebook. They had Messenger, their version of Messenger, right? LinkedIn, uh, direct messaging, which there was a great, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast. Somebody had a great meme where it's like ways to get in touch with me, text, um, I don't know, Twitter DM, (laughs) phone call, carrier pigeon, smoke signal, LinkedIn, Messenger. (laughs) Well, uh, they're building out conversational ads. You know, they're in beta right now. So... I mean, they're going all in, in t- for 2020 on those conversational ads, so get get ready for it, Paul. Which I'm convinced is because they move at a snail's pace. So, that you know, the product team was <laughs> like, what is Facebook doing? And Facebook rolled out all this stuff around Facebook Messenger ads and chatbots. And, you know, like 2019 was supposed to be the chatbots. Well, you know, that didn't quite go as planned. Messenger gets a lot of adoption, but Messenger ads certainly have not. A lot of the chatbots and uh, all that stuff that was supposed to change change the world didn't happen. So now that's like trend is dying and now LinkedIn's like, oh, it's coming soon, coming soon for LinkedIn. We'll have chatbots. And by then, we'll like everyone's moved on. It's like the classic LinkedIn. We'll deliver the feature four years later. And half the time, they're not relevant anymore. 
Yeah. Oh man. But I I was at a conference and they said they have 200 planned product releases. I don't know what that means specifically, but I was like, wait, you have 200? I thought you guys did like three things a year. Right. <laughs> well, I did roadmap presentations at another company and we had a lot of stuff on that roadmap. And then when I had to go back a year later and it was all still there, that's when I said, I'm going to stop doing these stupid presentations. <laughs> Judge me by the features we ship, not the crap on the roadmap. Because that, uh, and they have started putting out uh, features faster than they used to. So at least they do put out a few a few good features. But um, I don't know. A few of the last ones have been kind of misses for me. Like they did a lot of analytics, like demographic mm-hmm. stuff, you know, like, eh, no one really cares. Um you know, what content should you be writing about? Mm, do I really use LinkedIn to figure that out? I don't know anybody that's really using LinkedIn for that. Maybe there's some folks. Uh, campaign groups. That was a weird one. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'll stop picking on them. They were missing from the list. The one I was going to say is missing yes, from your list is TikTok. So, TikTok's now, I've heard, a billion users. And let's see, I have some... I have some stats on TikTok that I was going to talk about, too. Let's see. One billion users. Oh, I don't have stats. But they added some links to e-commerce sites. Uh, you can now put a link in your uh, profile page so people can link out just like people do on Instagram. So they're starting to add these, like, advertising features, trying to market to marketers. So it looks like they're they're out there telling people, hey, we got a billion users. It's time to start advertising on TikTok. But you're telling me they're a fail? <laughs> they're They're a fail for me. I think... Uh, I think they're really good at PR. They got a lot of hype and marketers love hype. You know what I mean? Like marketers love hype. Do you remember FaceApp? You remember that app that got like 200 million downloads and it was from the Russians? Right. (laughs) (laughs) We gave them all of our faces and all of our profiles and all of our emails for free just so we could make ourselves look old. Uh, I feel like this is like a Trojan horse and maybe I'm, you know, again, I I love my, my, my tin hat that I wear but uh you know it's it's owned by the chinese government and at this point we we (laughs) they really are a threat you know like an existential threat like whenever we think about national security think about cybersecurity. um if you guys are following any of this stuff you 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 really should be because this is you know basically this regime (laughs) owns everything in its country um and uh, Paul, you were mentioning before we started recording, like they just signed some some kind of deal with the government as well. Yeah, so ByteDance, who made TikTok, which was based on an app that was already successful in China, and Music.ly, which was like a musically, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a, a karaoke type app. So ByteDance just entered into an agreement with the Chinese government uh, on a joint venture to launch something else because ByteDance is like a software company, not just uh, TikTok. But And TikTok's been trying to, like, you know, they have a headquarters in the U.S. They've been trying to distance themselves from China as much as possible. But at the end of the day, they're a Chinese company funded in part by the Chinese government. Uh, this whole Hong Kong situation is, you know, uh, brings to light what happens if you're owned by a Chinese entity. I mean, it's China is a surveillance state. They're very openly monitoring everybody in the country and will, you know, approve or disapprove, uh, disapprove of what you're saying. And if you say things they don't like, they will shut you down and in some cases imprison you. So that is the reality of China, even though we don't think about it. Um, so, you know, when they own a part of your company and they want to influence you, it becomes very gray. I mean, it's been happening in gaming. I don't know if you've been following in the gaming industry. Some of the top streamers who are, you know, streaming uh, 
so you can watch while they play video games, which if you're over like 25 years old right now, you're rolling your eyes, but it's uh, already a multi-billion dollar business. And there's game uh, companies like Riot and uh, a a bunch of game companies. They were all bought by Tencent in China. So China is Hmm. slowly gobbling up all the gaming companies. And uh, so they have access to all that data. Anyway, some of the, the kind of celebrities in the gaming world came out in support of Hong Kong. And at least one of them was banned from the game and the platform, which is like, you know, kicking A-Rod out of baseball or, you know, kicking LeBron James out of the NBA because he says something you don't like. It was taking like a celebrity gamer and kicking them out Hmm. because they said something in support of Hong Kong. So there's very real ramifications to this whole, if you take Chinese money, then if the Chinese don't like what you're doing, they're not afraid to say, hey, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And we'll see how it turn, you know, turns out. In some cases, they did follow through. In other cases, they did follow through. But then once it became a media circus, kind of stepped back and said, we made a mistake, and they're you know, back in. So uh, it, is, it is tricky. And I do agree with you. Uh, TikTok, like every social app, is probably taking your data and storing it somewhere. And even if they have the best intentions... You know, the U.S. government's trying to crack into that database, and so is the Chinese, and the Chinese have a little bit more pull because they're they're China, and it's a Chinese company. Yeah. Second part of that. So they're still the fourth most downloaded app of the year, according to App Annie. Facebook has the other four in the top five. So <laughs> Messenger, Facebook, WhatsApp, TikTok, Instagram are your top five apps, according to App Annie. But I want to go to TikTok. Spending a billion dollars a year in acquisition, right? I mean, this is insane. So if you, you, if you take away your ad spend, I'm not saying like you shouldn't ever have ad spend. Of course, I'm an advertiser, you know, ad stage exists for advertisers, right? It's, you take that away, I, I don't think they exist. I, we would not be talking about them. But I mean, how many other companies were built off advertising, right? I mean, a lot. But uh, eventually it slows down, and that's what, it's what we're seeing. So they have reduced their spend on Facebook, and now their app growth is down 4% you know, year over year, uh, from their, according to a Bloomberg article. And so uh, I think it's interesting. Of course, they say, well, of course it's going to plateau when you have 1.5 billion users. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool, I get it. But how many of those are sticking around? How many of those are valuable? Um, I, I still... For me, it's wait and see, and wait and see and never use. Um, I just wonder. And, you know, we'll see what happens when they have to face the challenges that big platforms have to face. Um, So, you know, once someone puts uh, horrible videos like people put on YouTube on on TikTok, how do they respond? I mean, that's one of the things I feel like I'm not necessarily a fan of what happens at Facebook and Google, but they, they take the brunt of all the kind of... Um, political weight of having terrible things happen on their platform. And meanwhile, you know, LinkedIn added a newsfeed. LinkedIn has probably a whole bunch of misinformation and fake news on LinkedIn. Just no one, you know, their traffic is so small compared to Facebook. No one really talks about it. And they haven't had to go up in the news and defend themselves for having someone, you know, spreading fake news. You know, they want to add live streaming. They want to add live video. Well, now you have, you know, Facebook Live is under... Uh, and and Google with YouTube, they were under the, I don't want to say under the gun as a pun, they were, you know, under scrutiny because of people like murdering folks on those platforms live and how, you know, long it took them to shut down those feeds. So I think at some level, folks like TikTok, LinkedIn, you stay out of the news cycle and they probably have these issues. You don't really hear about them. But once you get big enough, 
you know, these things start to happen, and we'll see how different platforms uh, can respond to it. Uh, the other thing is, which goes into one of my wins, uh, I give a win to video. I think, you know, video, stories, and TikTok as a format, which is super short video, uh, is really, has in 2019, proven to be um, a success. So as I was saying with, like, Messenger, kind of, I would give Messenger ads and chatbots a fail for 2019. I didn't yet, but yeah. based on what I said before, as a lot of hype. And a lot of hype. No one really uses them, and they don't really get much return as an advertising format from what I've seen from marketers in 2019. Um, Video is the opposite. So stories, I mean, if you took all the money you were going to invest in your chatbot strategy and put it in your story strategy, you did a lot better. Um, obviously, you have Instagram and Snapchat leading, but, you know, there's stories popping up everywhere. YouTube has their version of stories. I even saw in Google Photos now, they take all the photos if you use an Android phone, as you take photos, every now and then you get these little round bubbles that look just like Instagram stories. And if you just like click on the bubble, they start playing, uh, you know, pictures uh, that you've taken and little snippets of videos, and they just build what looks a lot like a story. So, big win for the the story format. And I'll just throw one stat at you: um, they're getting shorter and shorter. And I think part of TikTok is plugging into that, you know, uh, instant gratification we love, and you know, the fact that we're all super, super lazy. And don't want to spend any time thinking. So in 2018, the average video was only four minutes, which is down 33% from 2017, when it used to be six minutes long. So video as a format is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And you have stories and now, you know, TikTok, which describes itself as very short videos, um, really dominating 2019. And that's, I expect, uh, 2020 as well. Yeah, and even building on that one too, I was at a, a conference again, another conference, and uh, Reddit had mentioned that 50% of their revenue was video ads. So, I mean, video is absolutely taken over for a lot of these platforms. And uh, for those that don't have any video assets, coming over to Cora, uh, we do not have video ads. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's making lemonade right there. Uh, no, it is something uh, that we should definitely probably figure out. But I definitely agree with you that video ads were, were huge because we had talked about this in 2018, you know, video ads. And then we said 2019 is actually when people will like put together their strategy, right? So it was like all about 2018. Then 2019 was actually developing and actually doing, you know, video ads. So I think we're, we're there. So let me uh, talk about another win. Um or do you want to do your... Well, actually, is this a win or fail for you? The one uh, you happen to be highlighting in the notes. <laughs> oh, so well, we were talking a little bit about political. So I think political ads, I, I think this is a win and a fail. I, I think we saw uh, Twitter really come out strong. And uh, I know that we didn't talk about this, but it, it was really the timing of that release was amazing because uh, Jack Dorsey starts tweeting like five minutes before Facebook's uh, quarterly earnings, which is just brilliant. Mm -hmm. I mean, just like brilliant to do that. And just like, because you know they had to get underneath the skin and you know they had to see it and hear it and have to like respond to it in real time. Right. Which is like, I don't know. I thought that was really clever. And of course, as we've seen, you know, Zuckerberg's had a lot of amazing comments about we spend more on security than Twitter makes in a year, you know, like, <laughs> you know, these kind of comments, like putting them into place. But uh, I was pretty happy to see Twitter take a stance. Again, uh, we get into this argument around like free speech versus paid reach. You know, this is this is the the talking point. And so Twitter has taken a stance. 
we'll see how strong it is. Uh, I think that one was a little bit interesting because uh, they came out with a stance, but it's not going to go into effect until like I think like right now, December. Uh, Cora has we've said no completely, and we've had political candidates come to us and ask to run. Uh, we just say, hey, you're welcome to engage with like a session, so you can do organic stuff for free. And then Facebook still just hasn't responded. And then as of today, as of recording this, a really great Washington uh, Wall Street Journal post about Peter Thiel. And if you're sorry, Teal. And if you're familiar with with him, uh, you know, pretty pretty hardcore, <laughs> like conservative, and has really like pushed uh, the board and also Zuckerberg, according to this article, to not ban political ads, which is uh, exerting a lot of influence. Which is really interesting. I mean, that these conversations are happening at the board, and he's really, you know, influencing. I guess you should say. Uh, right. So anyway. And then YouTube, it's like, come on, man. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, Google kind of took a stance and said, hey, you can, like, haphazardly target, but you can't target based on these things. And you're like, yeah, boo. Like, right. Yeah, well, and that's – there was an article just this week about they've been absent in the whole political debate, uh, like literal debates, like the Democratic debates, where in the past they partnered with, like, CNN to do oh, yeah, good point. Democratic polls. And, you know, they would try to, you know – Show them live. Part, yeah. yeah. They would broadcast yeah. them and have, like, you submit questions. You know, they were trying to be part of the process to get people to vote. And right now it seems like they're just on the sidelines. So – We'll see. Uh, I do. I do applaud both Cora and and Twitter for just, um, you know, if if the um, how do you even say it? Like if the mess you make could be so gigantic, uh, it's just easier to say, you know, we're just not going to play the game. If the loss, if you know, the cost of losing the game is so great, and actually, the benefit of winning the game is so tiny for political ads, it's not a lot of money. I think Twitter was saying exactly. it makes up like less than one percent of revenue. Yeah. Facebook, I'm sure it's the same. So if it's such a tiny amount of money, that's like very little upside for all the downside, which is like, oh, you could be part of a propaganda machine, which is, you know, corrupting democracy in America. Hmm. So seems it's, like simple math, but I, I will read Peter Thiel's argument, too. I'm curious to see what he's saying, because these people who say free speech, it's just so weird because like when you ask someone, well, what does free speech mean to you? It's like, oh, you could say whatever you want, but very quickly you can give them a few scenarios when, like, well, you wouldn't want someone, you know, the classic example is you can't run into a crowded movie theater and scream fire. Oh, my God, this place is on fire and people <laughs> trample out of it. That's literally illegal. So speech can be limited if it poses danger. And there's many things you can't do in terms of speech. And that's in the public space, uh, you know, when you're not in a, a private business. And then you start getting into, you know, controlling speech on private platforms but again these are all those issues that like you haven't heard linkedin and microsoft have to deal with you haven't heard tiktok have to deal with so um it will be interesting what happens when this kind of pervasive propaganda makes its way onto all the other platforms too it's and it's real too though i mean i say this because i was back home at thanksgiving just like quick again anecdotes like uh families we uh, mine are pretty split uh, on which side of the debate as far as politics go, but you could definitely hear the filter bubbles. And it was it was amazing. Like, you could just hear their talking points. And some of them didn't make sense. You're like, what? and then you'd question them. They couldn't justify it. The second part to that is I would ask my younger cousins about TikTok, and they were like, yeah, my, my Instagram feed is filled with TikTok videos. Mm -hmm. And that was their answer to TikTok. Right. <laughs> my Instagram feed 
<laughs> it's like, okay, so you're not on TikTok. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I see him in it. I see him on Instagram. <laughs> right. I've, anyway. I have too. Now I feel like you're a you know, 10-year-old cousin. Um, all right. We got a few more. All right. Let's um, do it. The I guess the only one I think we should definitely touch on before we go is podcasting as a yeah. super win. Uh, True. 2018 and 2019, uh, but really 2019, you've seen podcasts like proliferate like crazy. I have a few numbers on it. Let's see. There's one study. So globally, across 38 countries surveyed, 36% of people said they've listened to a podcast at least once per month, 15% listen to a news podcast and this article specifically is about like the explosion in uh, news podcasts specifically daily news so we when we're doing this when we're supposed to is a weekly news podcast but there's now um, over 800,000 active podcasts and 54 million podcast episodes available worldwide and there's now somewhere around 60 just in the US UK a few other countries there's 60 daily news podcasts from like all the you know, biggest news companies like uh, NPR, of course, have been doing it forever, but New York Times and, and all these folks are doing, everybody's doing podcasts, J.D. It is. And uh, I mean, a few more stats, too. I mean, like roughly 80, 86 million podcast listeners in the U.S. I mean, that's that's big. And you can also get niche and like hyper targeted, which is also like really interesting to me. Uh, and almost uh, they're expected to do over a billion dollars in uh, ad revenue by 2021 so it's also like the fastest growing medium that's really ad supported um that's it's impressive this year ad revenue is supposed to be around 700 million yeah growing to over a billion so yeah what was a very non-existent market just a few years ago is now on its way to become a billion dollar advertising market um and there's been so what's also interesting is following this from kind of the macro perspective i want to say it was rupert murdoch or somebody like that that said you know mediums never die they evolve so mm. podcasting is not new it's just the evolution of radio yeah um, and just like newspapers didn't die just twitter is the evolution of news or digital is the evolution of, of newspapers but so if you think of podcasting really is just radio 2.0 and there's this now race where everyone realizes, okay, if this is radio, we need to like figure out the ad ecosystem because the radio ad ecosystem is very old school where you, you know, we work with these local stations or maybe a larger media company to try to buy slots and it was not very efficient. So now everybody's trying to, you know, do what Google did to search ads and display for, you know, quote unquote radio slash podcasting. So you have folks like um, Spotify buy a bunch of companies so on the media side buy folks like Gimlet to get more inventory but then also buy anchor.fm which is like for podcasters in order to insert pre-rolls and interstitial ads into their podcast and we we talked about it even put an ad in one of our episodes to try it out so and then you have the incumbents like iHeartRadio who are trying to build podcast advertising networks and starting to like try to syndicate ads across podcast content even the way like uh, Spotify added all the podcasts like into their their app so explosion in podcasting and it's going to be really interesting to see in another year if as an advertiser you want to buy a spot in a popular podcast what do you do where do you go who do you work with do you go direct do you use one of these platforms like what's up yeah I think the other side to that uh, as a user uh, I'm actually really excited for for Spotify like my Spotify playlist that they make me 
are so good. And now that they're able to maybe show me podcasts that I would be interested in based off of my choices, like that makes me really excited because the hardest thing too is podcast discovery. Right. And that's really hard to find new ones because a lot of it's word of mouth. It's like us talking about pivot or, you know, Rico Deco, right? And people have said, oh, cool, I'm gonna go listen to that now, right? Like, but that's how I learn about other ones. So if I could have Spotify's personalized algorithm, which I think is one of the best out there, uh, I'm pretty excited to actually get into some new podcasts and see what they're able to do um, outside of just like the advertising space. Nice. And 2019, I will give Spotify a win too, because their end of year Spotify oh, so wrap good. up thing was just built for social sharing. It was brilliant. Every celebrity was out there tweeting their Spotify personal playlist, look back 2019 thing. And it was fun to use. I mean, even just opening it up and listening to the songs you listen to. And then, you know, I've been using paid Spotify, or I guess it didn't matter if you're free or paid, but I've been using Spotify for years so that, you know, it even kind of tells you, hey, back in 2016, this is what you're listening to. And it kind of also had a very emotional feel to it because for some reason, maybe your brain associates like music to time periods and memories. So a lot of people I talked to were like, yeah, I really got the feels. And they're listening to... Like, these were the songs when I went through a divorce I listened to. And these are when my kid went to college, and these are the songs I listened to. Or I remember when that was popular that summer, we rented a house. And so they did really good work with that from both a product standpoint and then just making it super easy to share and getting all that momentum behind it. It was brilliant work, Spotify. Yeah, it was really good. And uh, to be fair, did you notice it was like in a stories format too? So again, using the video, using the stories, social shareable, and uh, a quick shout out. And when did you see that Scott and Kara responded to my tweet? I I did. Yeah, speaking of other podcasts, <laughs> um, I did. And did you see what I wrote? So um, yeah. <laughs> at one point, I, I, when we first started listening to The Pivot, and we had been doing the show for a while, we made some joke about, you know, I don't know. I don't remember what the joke was. But I said, like, oh, I got a, a like from Kara Swisher or something like that. And then she commented, you need to have better goals, Paul. <laughs> yes. And I was like, oh, my God. And then – and you always quote Scott Galloway. And you're always like, oh, Scott Galloway, this and that. And he always gives you likes and some retweets. So I was like, all right, you got Galloway. Uh, I got Kara Swisher. But then you just you, – you hit the home run. Yeah, I got them both. I mean, I got a retweet from Kara and I got uh, a thanks JD from Scott. You know, hey, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. So Kara and Scott, if you guys are listening, thank you. Right. <laughs> That's true. Can you mention <laughs> us on your podcast since we've been talking about The Pivot for like two years? Can you just the PPC show, all the news you need to know about marketing, <laughs> which used to come out weekly and starting 2020 will again. Yeah. I mean, um, what what awards did we win? I mean, we should win some awards. That's true. I mean, I have them all listed here. Uh Top PPC podcast. Sorry for all of our listeners uh, that we failed you in Q4. Right. For, yeah, three quarters out of four. It was the top PPC show. I also would say thanks, honestly, everybody who listens. And on Twitter, you know, when I somebody asked me on Facebook, hey, you know, are you guys coming back? It's been like a few months. And I was like, oh, I guess I should just acknowledge the fact that we stopped putting this thing out because we never did like a, you know, we're going to take a break. Um, also because we didn't really intend to, you know how it is, one of these things, you, you're you surfing now, and anyway, um, and then on Twitter, a bunch of folks, uh, you know, commented or liked the tweet, and I was like, all right, the people care, we need to give them 
this marketing news. <laughs> yeah. So, thanks, that actually everyone. is really the only reason why we're here, right? No, I'm not I'm just kidding. Not the only reason. Uh, no, but people asked. And uh, did you also part of the the Spotify sharing? People had the PPC show as they were sharing. They were like, oh, look, the PPC show was one of my top podcasts that they were listening to on Spotify. So I thought yeah, that was pretty cool, that, too. Very humbling, folks. Uh, so we will be back yeah, in 2020 cool. strong. Uh, we appreciate it. Tell your friends it's coming back. Tell your parents. Go home if you celebrate Christmas and tell everyone you know. Don't worry. They'll be back in 2020 and share the news. Um, I think I think that's all. I think that's plenty of wins and fails for 2019. Yeah. Let us know if we missed any or if you don't agree with any. Like I, I, I love a good, healthy debate, or even if you agree with me, I love confirmation bias as well. So uh, <laughs> let's just have a conversation. Right. Uh, I'll just say, it's interesting. It's really interesting. I'll be Kara Swisher. It's interesting. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, just, interesting. it's very interesting. It's interesting. I don't know. It's interesting. You have to interrupt a lot. Right. <laughs> um, everything is interesting. When in doubt, just say it's interesting. All right. Well, that's all we have for you. I hope you have a very good 2019. Enjoy the last few weeks uh, that you have. And if you're taking vacation, enjoy your time off. Don't think about marketing. We'll be back with some headlines back in January. So enjoy your holiday, everyone. See you, everyone.